0: guys this is fiona from ielts exam training courses and members academy today's lesson is going to be all about reading and it's a passage two called back to the future of skyscraper design and that is the topic comes from the topic of um the man-made environment i'm just checking on my website um because there's a whole seven days uh Le- seven days of lessons all about all related to the man-made environment um and the vocabulary is for example all about housing so we've had lots of other readings related to architecture like for example the reading why pagodas don't fall down and the underground house which is a listening. And then going to the next page, uh, there's a whole thing about buildings. So you've got the things like uh, pyramids, how the pyramids were built, designing a public concert hall, uh, the Bird's Nest, Beijing's Olympic Stadium. So much stuff related to this topic. So if I were you, I would review this topic this week, go back and have a look at all the vocabulary that we've done Um related to buildings there's even you know in the in the writing test you've got describing changes to a building or town so you need all of that language in general training um you often have to write a letter of complaint about some aspect of your building that you're not happy with task two has topics like um standard of living in urban and rural areas things like that um that, yeah, why don't you take this as an opportunity to go and review all of that um, vocabulary. If you've got my free 28-day planner, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's things like sustainable materials, preservation of historical buildings, um, high-rise buildings. This is all on the planner Um so it, it's all relevant and, and I'm going to show you how relevant it is when we go through this reading. Um, apologies if you were expecting my speaking boot camp to start this week. I was planning for it, but um, it's just been delayed a little um, just to make it even better, really. That's the only reason. Um, in the Members Academy, I've been having a lot of submissions to people. Uh, Flipgrid Flipgrid is something which um whereby students can upload 2 minutes of their speaking and I analyze them and I've been getting so many recently that I just keep uh, getting lots and lots of ideas and I want to include them in the boot camp so um that's taken a little bit longer than planned to make all of the videos and the materials and the activities again and also I'm very excited that I'm moving everything to a new uh, platform, which is so exciting that I can't wait for it to be ready. But it's a lot of work, so that's coming soon, and I'll let you know um, if you're still interested. So let's look at this back to the future of skyscraper design. I think it's a really fascinating reading. Um, that's why I love IELTS. It's just the I think the readings are so interesting. Um, It gives us a subtitle and it says answers or answers to the problem of excessive electricity use by skyscrapers and large public buildings can be found in ingenious but forgotten architectural designs of the 19th and early 20th century. So that tells us in a nutshell what it's going to be about? It's about the, the problem these days. There's, a, you know, it's a kind of problem solution type reading. Problem is, and it, it talks about this in the first few paragraphs, um, as global temperatures continue to rise. We're going to continue to squander. Squander is a good word, it means to waste. Ah, oh, that's a good word for task two. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> squander, yes. Um, more and more energy on keeping our buildings mechanically cool until we have run out of capacity. Um so there's a chap called Short who wrote this, Professor Alan Short who wrote The Recovery of Natural Environments in Architecture, um, a culmination of 30 years of research, an award-winning green building design. So we know this word green, meaning environmentally friendly. He says there's a crisis in building design. Um, Policymakers think you can solve energy and building problems with gadgets. And he says you can't. And he's calling for a sweeping reinvention of how skyscrapers and major public buildings are designed. And it's to try and stop us all using these life support systems of vast air conditioning units. It's really interesting. Um, And instead, he shows it's entirely possible to accommodate natural ventilation and cooling in large buildings by looking into the past. Uh, oh, it's so good. Before the widespread introduction of air conditioning systems, which were relentlessly and aggressively marketed by their inventors. Now, surprise, surprise, um, people wanted to make money, don't care about the environment. So they heavily marketed these um, air conditioners when possibly there was a, a better solution. Um, so, Short goes into some detail about the energy use and carbon emissions of air conditioning. Uh, buildings in the West account for 40 to 50% of electric, electricity usage, generating substantial carbon emissions, and the rest of the world is catching up at a frightening rate, He thinks these glass, steel and air-conditioned skyscrapers are symbols of status, of course. Again, it's all about money rather than practical ways of meeting our requirements. So that's the kind of outline of the problem. Great language there for, for, for IELTS, you know, the whole environmental issue. So halfway through, then he he talks about uh, uh, the alternative. What's the solution? And he talks about buildings in nineteenth and twentieth centuries, especially hospitals, which had to be well ventilated, ventilated ventilation, air passing through. Um, he mentions the designs of John Shaw Billings and the hospital that they kind of analysed to see how it worked. Um, they put pathogens in the air streams, modelled for someone with tuberculosis, coughing in the wards, again, very relevant topic with COVID. We found the ventilation systems in the room would have kept, kept other patients safe from harm. So, Um, I'm reading a book about a lady with tuberculosis, and um, yes, it was deadly, obviously, and so these ventilation systems were specially designed to keep air moving so the other patients weren't infected. And the rest of the text is very medical-related, so if you've got any background in medicine, this would be a perfect one for you. Um so he describes that the hospital wards could generate up to 24 air changes an hour, and that is similar to a modern day computer controlled operating theatre. Amazing. Um, he believes you could do the same thing now. Um, and it would also work with communal wards at a fraction of the energy cost. Um, this is great. He contends, this word meaning he argues strongly, that the mindset and skill sets behind these designs have been completely lost and... Um, laments the disappearance of these expertly designed theatres, opera houses and other buildings where up to half the volume of the building was given over to ensuring that everyone got fresh air. Um, Then he kind of explains why 19th century building design was like this. And he said there was a panicked public um, wanting buildings that could protect against what was thought to be the lethal threat of miasmas. Haven't really heard of that word before, but don't worry—they explain any essential words. The lethal threat of miasmas, which are toxic, which is toxic air that spread disease. Miasmas were feared. As the principal agents of disease and epidemics for centuries and they were used to explain the spread of infection from the Middle Ages right through to cholera outbreaks in the 1850s. Foul air, rather than germs, was believed to be the main driver of hospital fever, leading to disease and frequent death. The prosperous, so the rich people, steered clear of hospitals. So rich people didn't go to hospitals because of this idea that this foul air, this miasma, um, spread disease. The miasma theory has been disproved. um, But Short believes that the principles behind the building design um, should be uh, reviewed um what's the final the final thing is um it comes back to this problem of um air conditioning and he says to go forward into our new low energy low carbon future we should look back at design before our high energy high carbon present appeared And he says that we have abandoned a rich legacy. Really interesting. He gives some examples of these buildings um, that like um, modern, who've adopted this approach. So Queen's building in Leicester University has 2,000 staff and students, but the entire building is naturally ventilated, passively cooled and naturally lit. Um, uses a fraction of the electricity of comparable buildings in the UK. That's a nice expression. He said it twice now, a fraction of the electricity. Um, He says that glass skyscrapers in London and around the world will become a liability, meaning a danger, over the next 20 or 30 years if climate modelling predictions and energy price rises come to pass as expected. He is convinced that if we had skyscrapers that use natural um, technology, then he says they can work in almost any climate. And they've built buildings in harsh climates of both Beijing and Chicago using natural ventilation. It could be backed up by air conditioning, but Apparently that doesn't need to be switched on very much, and and that's that's it. So it's a problem solution style, and there are two sets of questions. The first set is matching information, and there are only five um, things to match. Um, so the first one is why some people avoided. Hospitals in the 19th century. So we've got to find the paragraph which talks about hospitals in the 19th century. That's it. And it's paragraph F. It's this one where they talked about this toxic air and the cholera infection and the miasmas. And remember the last line? It said... um, the prosperous steered clear of hospitals. Now, I think that would be really difficult to get, because you need the vocabulary meaning the prosperous, which is the rich people, and that is the some people. But how do you know that if you don't know the prosperous? And then steered clear is another um, quite difficult idiom, really. So, tricky there. It's completely based on vocabulary, although you could maybe guess that paragraph because it's about hospitals in the 19th century. Question 15 is another kind of synonym-type answer. 15 says, a suggestion that the popularity of tall buildings is linked to prestige So, remember we said that thing about it being a status symbol. Um, You know, people are building these huge skyscrapers with glass and steel as symbols of status. And that is just in paragraph C. So, synonym for prestige is status. Sixteen, we're looking for a comparison between the circulation of air in a 19th century building and modern standards. Well, you might remember in paragraph E, it said that 19th century hospital wards could generate up to 24 air changes an hour, which is similar to, there's the comparison, the performance of a modern-day computer-controlled operating theatre. So it's easy if you can find it, a comparison meaning it's similar to, and it's paragraph E. Question 17 is how did Short, or the information, how Short tested the circulation of air in a 19th century building? So how did he test that? Um, in paragraph D, he says, we spent three years digitally modelling Billings' final designs. We put pathogens in air Um Yeah, that's it. That's it, really. It's D. That's how they tested it, by modelling this John Shaw Billings' final designs. Now, 18, the word is interesting. It says... An implication, an implication comes from the verb to imply, an implication that advertising led to the large increase in the use of air conditioning. Now, I've got another course coming up about critical thinking, and this word imply is crucial because what does the text imply without maybe saying it directly? And what the text here implies about the huge increase of air conditioning was that it was relentlessly and aggressively marketed by their inventors. So basically, their inventors wanted to sell it and make money from it. So the the synonym for marketing is advertising in this context. And that is in paragraph B. But if you learn one word this week, I would say imply and implication are good, useful words to learn for Ah, ayats. So, I'm coming on now to the gap fill summary and it has a title which is Ventilation in 19th Century Hospitals. So, the first line starts Professor Alan Short examined the work of John Shaw Billings. So you quickly go down to paragraph D, John Shaw Billings, who influenced the architectural something of hospitals, the architectural something of hospitals. So um, basically it says the designs of John Shaw Billings. It talks about his designs, So, the answer is design or designs. He influenced the architectural design or designs of hospitals to ensure they had good ventilation. Um, Question 20. He, meaning Alan Short, the professor, he calculated that something in the air Coming from patients, suffering from something, would not have harmed other patients. Now, that's interesting. So, we've got a would not have. And I I noticed that when I was reading. It said the ventilation systems in the room would have kept other patients safe from harm. It would have kept them safe, meaning they would not have harmed them. So you go to where that is. And again, it's still paragraph D. It's, it's going in same order. So what were they suffering from? Again, if you know that word suffering from, it means you're looking for an illness. And the illness they give is tuberculosis. So someone with tuberculosis. And he calculated there's something in the and what is in the airstream that could affect them. So the answer is pathogens in the airstreams. You don't need to know that word pathogens. They give it to you at the bottom. They say microorganisms that can cause disease. So it's quite guessable that you'd think, okay, these things cause disease, and so they would cause danger or harm to people with tuberculosis. Um, He also found that the air in something in hospitals could change as often as in a modern operating theatre. So we've got that comparison again. So we know exactly where to go. We go to paragraph E where he compares It's similar to a modern operating theatre. So what is in a hospital that could change? And it says, we discovered the 19th century hospital wards. Hospital wards. W-A-R-D-S. And, oh, that's interesting as well. That's uh, This week, if you haven't checked out my blog this week, it's all about nouns being used as adjectives. And here we've got wards in hospitals with the S, but if you put hospital before the noun, it drops the S. So hospital wards, not hospitals wards. Hospital wards is wards in hospitals, which is exactly what you've got here. So my blog about uh, nouns and adjectives, really important. He suggests that energy use could be reduced by locating more patients in something, areas. Looking for an adjective to describe areas. And he says single rooms are not appropriate for all patients. Communal wards... Appropriate for certain patients would work just as well in today's hospitals. So, um, yeah, he suggests energy use could be reduced by locating more patients in communal areas. Communal meaning everybody sharing the same space. Um, Question 24. A major reason for improving ventilation in 19th century hospitals was the demand from the something for protection against bad air, known as something. So do you remember we found a word which means bad air um, and they define it for us. They say toxic air that spread disease. And the word is miasmas. So 25 is bad air, known as, and I I often refer to those kind of hints. They often say called or known as or referred to as um, miasmas. Um, So where did the call come from, the demand from the something for protection against bad air? Well... It was driven by a panicked public. A panicked public. Remember, for this one, you can only use one word. So that now becomes the public. So the public is the synonym for a public in the text. But the only words you need is public. Actually, I'm going to circle that now. Because again, that's another noun, the public. Mm, Public places. Okay, I'll come back to that. Last one. Um, These miasmas were blamed for the spread of disease for hundreds of years, including epidemics of something in London and Paris in the middle of the 19th century epidemics of something. So we need a disease which spread in the 19th century. And what is it? The only disease they refer to in that paragraph is cholera. Spelling, just copy from the text, but it's C-H-O-L-E-R-A. And you can find the capital letters, London and Paris, and mid Nineteenth century, they say, during the 1850s. Okay, that was quite a nice one. Not too difficult, I don't think. It seems that the last three paragraphs aren't referred to at all, which is a bit odd. Um, I hope I haven't missed out. I don't think I have. Anyway, doesn't matter. You get the gist. You get the idea. Um, So... I can't remember what book that's from either. Sorry. I took it to Wales on the train and I didn't take the book. So it doesn't matter. I'm sure you can find it online. It's called Back to the Future of Skyscraper Design. That's all from me this week. Let me know if you've got any questions or any requests and I'll try and do my best um, to create a podcast for you. Remember to check out the blog where I talked about the hyphens. I'm seeing lots and lots of examples here that I can use, and I will add those to the blog as soon as possible. Okay, thanks for listening. Chat soon. Bye-bye.